listening to Pawnee Public Radio. With your hosts, Hannah and Will. We're back. Ah, uh, a classic catchphrase, which truly works for any situation. Gazoinkspo to so you and natural. yours. <laughs> How you I doing, do feel Will? like I was born in the wrong. Oh. <laughs> Ask me again, Hannah. <laughs> How you doing, Will? I'm I'm doing. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing okay. Um, it's a it's a. A wild time to be alive, huh? <laughs> what a time to have a show about small local government that was filmed 10 years ago. And townspeople who come right in to the Parks and Rec office and make themselves right at home. <laughs> what a time. <laughs> Are you comparing the townspeople of Pawnee to the white supremacists who stormed the Capitol? <laughs> I'm not making here's what I'm actually here's what I'm like legitimately worried is happening in my brain is I can't it's so hard for me to not think about how horrified I am by what's going on right now in the Capitol that I'm that like everything is making a is like making that connection for me. And I'll take the a break during thing. our podcast, but but it is just being like I what happened is crazy and I feel crazy thinking about it. And I have to just keep reminding myself like that. Oh, but that's that is actually like the right response is to feel crazy about a crazy thing. For those also feeling a lot, also mm. know that we are recording this Thursday and everything went down yesterday, Wednesday. Yeah. So by the time this is released, who knows? We could, you know, the White House could be not white by then, like green or something. I keep quoting the show in silly ways in response to the trauma <laughs> yeah. we're all feeling, but I... I like that this can be a little bit of a joyful escape. Mm. We can connect it, of course, to the things that are going on because the things that are going on are intense and scary and about government. But we can also, you know, dive into a Leslie Nope world. Yeah. Uh, and before we get started, too, in the real world, I know yesterday was terrible and horrible and scary. Mm -hmm. Also, congratulations to Warnock and Ossoff for both getting Senate seats in Georgia. So uh, cool. It's very exciting. <laughs> and getting uh, the Democrats the Senate so that everything's not in gridlock. Um, it's so I made calls to Georgia with Knock for Democracy again, which you introduced me to. Um, my Knock for Democracy hat is in the mail. Good, yeah. Just in time. <laughs> Wear it with pride. Such a cool organization. Uh, um, I what actually, a great organization. I. This is a... a teensy teensy thing i volunteered for the ossoff congressional campaign for like oh. truly a day in georgia <laughs> i like i went down there and, and like knocked on doors when he lost his congressional run so there, there's just this feeling of like i think i saw i was gonna quote a tweet but i didn't know how to i didn't know who to give credit for so i'm just gonna try yeah. having an original thought about something just do it <laughs> go boldly into the unknown yeah <laughs> I was actually wait wait. Well, I want to hear what you have to say, well, but I was I was actually going to say <laughs> something based on a tweet that I also don't know the credit yeah. for, which is someone said he's like thirty two that he's setting the bar really high for nice Jewish boys. That so like everyone is, every Jewish mother is going to be like, okay, you're thirty two. What are you up to? Yeah, 
Yeah, I also feel like doom scrolling gets a bad rap as like, you know, not a productive thing to do. But when there's doom and you're scrolling, I think that sometimes it's just it's just an accurate description instead of like. Instead but you of worked on his thing. congressional campaign. That's so cool. Yeah, zero doom there. Um, but it, it it was just like so so nice to feel uh, hope on that morning and still feel still feel that today. Um, well, I yeah. just don't want the point. I think no. I mean, there's many horrible points of what happened yesterday. But I also think that part of it is is the you know certain groups don't don't want us to feel the joy and the hope of. Um, Warnock and Ossoff, both two very different and cool candidates um, who successfully got elected as Democratic senators in Georgia. Congratulations. If there's any listeners from Georgia, please let us know. Call in. Uh, my, my good friends from Georgia and her mom stood on sidewalks for the general election. She, she went all out. Teresa Timmons uh, constantly posting on her Facebook to uh, followers that are not all in agreement with her. And I just always think like, here I am, you know, you know, I'm just like, oh, it's so hard to like be fighting for these things. But there are people that were in state red states and in places where their opinions were not popular and they were still speaking up and fighting. And um yeah, I think yeah. if if you're curious of how to get involved, Knock for Democracy does year-round work. And I found, I think the best part is that they're very accessible. That's how I would describe it. It's very easy. They make everything. They make phone banking very easy. They break it down what to do. And you're all on Zoom together, and it's really fun. And lots of Northwestern people. Yeah. Go. Go, cats. Go, as they say. I've gotten like a slew of messages in my DMs on Instagram mm. from Northwestern people who want to get on, like current students who are like, want to get on Deal or No Deal. And they're like, I'm Northwestern. I'm from Northwestern and I love <laughs> Deal or No Deal. Like, how did you get on? Like, I don't know. I think guess there's a big Deal or No Deal fan base. <laughs> and I'm just like, I want to put them all in one group chat and be like, figure it out together. <laughs> yeah, just... Um, that really I mean, that actually could be that connection to, to that could be just the segue we deserve for this episode of you could have 94 <laughs> meetings of these these students. Um, but it's all in Instagram DMs in my yeah, world. A virtual world that we all that we all deserve. Living now. Um, does 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 Ron in in the Zoom era just turn off his? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, internet trouble. Like, it just seems much easier to avoid it. But yeah, we watched 94 meetings. Um, I can't help but, like, look at this episode in the context of what we're amping up into. Mm -hmm. We had Summer Catalog, which Mari came on for. It was a great episode. Check that out if you haven't. But we have 94 meetings, then we have Telethon, and then the Master Plan. And the master plan is the introduction of two new characters and a real shift in the show. So that's where we are in the context of, you know, season two in the show. And it's hard not to look at everything through that. But I know that you like to stay present. Yeah. So we'll stay present in these 94 <laughs> meetings. And something to look forward to. We've got uh, a raffle winner, which we'll get to at the end of the episode. Oh. 
the end of the episode. Which uh, thank you to all the people that yeah. submitted to the raffle, though. We had a bunch, and we have some ideas of what to do with the fucking losers. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> um, I jumped. <laughs> It was. I was I shocked. See, you really seem shocked. <laughs> I was trying to shock you a little bit, and I'm glad it worked. Uh, Ninety-four meetings. Did you like this episode? I did. As someone who I, I don't know if I've told you this before, I once had a job on a production where I just worked with extras. Have I told you about this? My job was just to hold onto the car no. keys for people who were extras on a TV show. So I just kept what show. The show was called Shameless on I've Showtime, <laughs> um, which, fun fact, is based in Chicago, but they just filmed the exteriors here. And all, of, all oh. the inside stuff is shot in L.A., which I think isn't right. <laughs> um, it's pretty common, though. Yeah, I know. But that doesn't make it right, Hannah. <laughs> no, so, it doesn't make it wrong. I just had a handful of keys. And my job was like, keep track of these extras and their cars and make sure that yeah. they didn't leave. <laughs> did you lose one of the, did you lose a car? Did you lose any cars? I didn't lose a car, but there was one car that in order to start it, you had to like stick a fork into, into oh, it. Oh, I do not like that. I'd so be like, she, nope, sir. Yeah. Um, so. That seems dangerous. So I was that really, I was really worried dangerous. that I was going to have to like use cutlery to start this, to start this car. But. I don't like that. Everything worked out. Long, incredibly long story. All to say, I have a soft spot in my heart for extras. And boy, did extras get a chance to shine in this episode. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. just the extra fun of the extras. I think there is a montage in it, though, that is cut from a different episode. I noticed a lady that we've met before. I remember her saying how much she liked different things. Mm. So they slice. So see if you can spot when you're listening the old footage mixed in with some of the new footage. So this story, similar to Dinner Party, mm -hmm. but just not in the same space, um, all takes place within kind of a main storyline. There's still an A story and a B story. I would say the A story is Leslie Nope and the um, gazebo, and the B story are the rest of the meetings and uh, Ron and April. But we can mm -hmm. talk about it all at once, I think, because it is all a part of these 94 meetings. A lot of times when you want to see the A story of uh, any episode, especially Parks and Rec, I think you can just look at the ace, the title of the episode. Um, but mm -hmm. let's talk about it all at once. And um, yeah, there are things I like about this episode. There are things I am... Okay. <laughs> Neutral, you'll say? <laughs> I kept looking for a word and no, no word came. So I just kept shaking my head side to side. Um, well, it's in, yeah. I mean, I think you you're someone who is a, as a super fan uh, takes sometimes takes things that the characters do personally. Is that fair to say? We're like sometimes which is a, is a good way to watch a show. But it, but it means like sometimes a thing you don't like about a show is like if a character is mean to another character or if Mark is boring. <laughs> I don't think fair? I take it personally. Jeez. <laughs> no, I um I guess I just I love certain things and I know what we're getting to in a couple episodes. So mm. it just I'm like I'm just excited. And the excitement makes me less excited about certain parts. I think one thing I love about this episode is how passionate Leslie Nope is about stuff that other people might not find as exciting. 
I think I can relate to that. Mm. She just gets very passionate. Yeah. Um, but I think we should jump in, see what I'm personally offended by. <laughs> and I'll make a note of it. Yeah. Let's, let's get, yeah, yeah. You read my face and describe it to the listener when I seem offended. Yeah. I'll, this I'll is just a game make... that you can lose. <laughs> there are many ways for you to lose this. Yeah. And it's, and it's impossible to win. But I could tie. And honestly, that's what I'm going for. That's I'll, what he's going for, the yeah. The little signal I'll give will be a very Leslie Nope-esque sound, which she gives us in a cold open, about how she feels when she learns that Mark plans to wed Anne. Which is a Did very the clear... sound do it? Is my is a paraphrase again? I'm not going to quote something I don't remember exactly. <laughs> I'm going to do no, original that was thoughts. Beautiful. I thought Leslie sounds. Nope was on the pod suddenly. Yeah, mm. we have this cold open, and usually cold opens. <clears throat> not usually. Sometimes they can be less plot related and just a fun thing, like a funny thing. But this cold open really sets up the underlying drive of Leslie through the episode. Mm. It's very dry. I'd say it's not that funny until that sound. It's just Mark coming into Leslie's office, letting her know he's thinking of asking Anne to move in with him. And she says something along the lines of, well, Anne only wants to move in with someone if she thinks marriage is in the question, like is in the, if we're in the marriage arena. Yeah. Uh, we're two gladiators she, fighting to the death and the death is marriage for marriage yeah. yeah and she knows that for him that's not a possibility and he very quickly you know says it is his player mm. past is not a thing and he plans he will marry her according to him that that is that is the uh intent i like i like the idea of um marriage arena in general because i was talking to my friend about it and not this episode just uh um, but you're talking about a marriage arena I was talking about a marriage. Well, when guys, I guess, or girls say that they, um, or anyone, yeah, or anyone, um, <laughs> says they're in the marriage arena with someone, and my friend was like, "It's such a not a real thing until they actually make some sort of commitment." And my friend was like, "That's hmm. what some people say to just like be like, oh yeah, I'm serious. We 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 mentioned marriage. We once. talked about we, it. We like said it." I saw I said marriage. I saw a couple and I said they're look, they're married. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. just never considered that that like it, it can be a cop out of like, yeah, I'm a serious, I'm a serious fella. Like I said marriage could be a thing around the river I keep saying around the river bend. This is the we, second we, podcast we've had a couple, I've used this phrase. <laughs> a couple Pocahontas references. Um I watched that <laughs> that film, that piece of cinema over quarantine. Um, and that's a beautiful song. That's I all. have not seen it, Pocahontas. I don't think you've never seen it. Maybe years ago. I don't really remember. Oh, great! I mean, that could be a part Isn't of the our... real story. Brutal. Oh yes, yes, yes. But I think there's, yeah. I think the movie, the white people are bad, which I like. So that part holds <laughs> up a little bit better. <laughs> oh my god! Like I, I think it's a little bit. I think it could be a lot worse, <laughs> is what Doesn't I remember John, from rewatching What's it. his name? Jon Snow? No, that's Game of Thrones. What's the main dude's name that she... John? It's John something. John, John, John Smith? Smith, I think. Yeah. In real life, didn't he just, like, kidnap her? Yeah, but I think Wasn't that... Wasn't it less of a love that story? That used to Am be I what ruining the... <laughs> Santa for kids? Like, is that what this is? We can stop. 
Uh, I, I guess a lot of Disney movies. Of, and more of like a marriage arena. I think it used to like just be kidnapping. Like sort of exclusively marriages were like exclusively kidnappings. Sometimes out of love. Mm. Sometimes a love kidnapping. You know, mutual <laughs> mutual respect. You kidnap the person simultaneously and then you kidnap them back. But So how's Abby? Um, all right? <laughs> I haven't seen her in months. <laughs> no, oh, yeah, she's, man. she's doing good. She's doing good. Thanks for asking. Um, yeah, we'll have her on the podcast soon. Yeah, I'll be honest. I think a part of my fear of having her on the podcast, mm-hmm. I'm admitting this on air. I don't yeah, want to feel like the it. third wheel on my own podcast. I feel like I'm going to feel like Leslie does with Anne and Mark this episode. Oh, well, we're like, well, you know, the solution to that is just to. Chain yourself to a gate, and then we'll, we'll right. both come Once take care I of you. Once I chain myself to a gate, we'll have Abby on the podcast. Your people will talk to our people, which again She's is really just cool. us. really cool. If you guys imagine yeah. the kind of person Will would be with, you guys have come to fall in love with Will. She's that cool. Imagine who I fell in love with, and yeah. now double it. Now triple it. <laughs> That's not even close to how great she is. Um... So well, Abby, were... Abby was the one who turned me on to friggin' Parks and Rec. Never seen it. She up was until... the one who actually watched my season of Deal or No Deal as well. Yeah, in a lot. Yeah, in a lot of ways. I mean, I learned a ton from. Her. Why is Abby not the co-host of all these <laughs> yeah. things? This is. I've um, been pushing for this for <laughs> behind the scenes. Yeah, we'll see. At one point, well, we'll if just you get too busy with your transition. new job, okay. I think we should have Abby sub for you for that month. It should be Abby and me. Okay, I'll, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll float it. I'll float it. I'll work it in organically. Float it it. by her. Be like, uh, but, but she has to wear a wig and pretend to be you. Yeah, she can coast in character. The way that I'll float it is I'll, um, I'll just start playing this episode for her so that (laughs) (laughs) she slowly understands. And when we get to this point Um, in the episode, I'll, I'll give her one of my classic looks. Um, there it is. <laughs> a classic look. I wish the listeners could see that classic Will look. So we watched an episode, 94 meetings. So anyways, so Mark intends to marry, Le- um, I almost said Leslie, Anne. And this sets Leslie off. And if you're thinking, oh, no, not, uh, not Leslie having a crush on Mark again, don't worry. The reason behind it, I feel like, is actually much more understandable and grounded yeah. than I initially felt at the beginning of the episode. Because, you know... Leslie had a thing with Mark and um you would you might think oh she's just jealous but that's just the opener that's just what's going on under the surface. Yeah. Then we get what's going on over the surface as <laughs> we what, start this episode. What we like to call the real world. <laughs> the real world. Over the surface, boy. Um April she goofed. I think this episode is a big reminder that it's actually pretty hard to do a bad job, um, to do a bad job well, which is kind of how Ron, he hired her to like be really, really intentionally bad at her job, um, in a very particular way. And she goofed this day, making what I think is a very relatable mistake and booked 94 meetings for Ron on March 31st. Because she thought March only had 30 days. Yeah. April, March, and November, September. That song doesn't work because you can put in all the months in it. Yeah. I Do you think one of the reasons she doesn't remember is because her name is the month after March and she, like, doesn't pay attention? 
Do you think there's some yes. like some? Do you think there's like a Freudian thing? I think that's officially there? part of the cannon fodder. Yes. Oh, you made it into the cannon fodder. I that's I'm just trying to add things to my fodder list. <laughs> I'm sorry. There's a photo of a dog behind you, and now I'm completely distracted. Oh, <laughs> Whose yeah. dog is that? Framed. That's my dog. That's a Jabba, a Basset Hound from my youth, childhood puppy. Aww. Yeah. Very lot, cute. A lot okay, more dogs on the pho- time. <laughs> we could try. Um, <laughs> uh, let so, the people know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, sorry. My pup is currently asleep under the desk and it's really cute. <laughs> <laughs> I realize, like, I've spent a lot of time this week just talking to my dog. So if if you're listening and you're like, Hannah's talking to me weird and like a, it's just it's kind of like a dog you've like slowly creeping up a register yeah you're finding your dog voice i think that's natural um here one reason i very much relate to uh this march 31st goof in particular is that i once yeah. um thought that i was buying a plane ticket back home for december 30th or December 31st, and I accidentally bought it for January 31st the next year. Oh, no. So I was a month off. Um, Did you still use it just a month later? I By that point, I was already in the place that I had tried to go. <laughs> I just always forget the month of September, which is my dad's birthday. So, Gosh, yeah. So this is a very human mistake is what we've learned. You know? Yeah, April is named after a month, but she confuses her months. Um, so because of her goof, now every meeting she put on what she thought was a day that didn't exist is now that day. So she has set up 93 meetings for that day. Mm-hmm. If you're confused because the episode's called 94 meetings, don't you worry. We I'm gotcha. confused because I said there were 94 meetings. No, that's there were just, 93. But see, that's just another example of how easy it is to make such a human mistake. In fact, keep your eyes peeled and your ears open because I'm going to make a few more mistakes this episode. Fictional characters. They're just like us. Yeah, just just a a show of solidarity with April. (laughs) Ron is upset, of course, but he's like, my nightmare is Leslie Nope's dream. So he puts, he brings in Leslie, who almost wants to, she says she wants to add seven more meetings to get to an even hundred. And he (laughs) says, let's just deal with this. And uh, so she takes her first meeting. And immediately uh, fixates on it and decides to solve the problem that <laughs> that is revealed in this yeah, meeting. It's very fun. She's like very ready to do all 94. And um, what is it? He's from the Historical Society. Mm-hmm. Um, what is his name? There's n- truly no way of knowing what this man's name is. Um I, the extra song. Okay, Bill Haggerty. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Bill Haggerty is from the Historical Society. Jessica Wicks, who we met in Beauty Pageant, um, it wants to make alterations to the Turnbill Mansion so that she can throw a party. And that includes uh, taking down the Turnbill Mansion gazebo. This is a big deal, and I understand it. I understand why this is a big deal. I'm a huge gazebo fan. Well, it's 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 a historical gazebo. I honestly, even if it wasn't a historical gazebo, tearing down any gazebo gets my blood boiling. We get another. We get another mural. We get the mural that describes what happened um, when a reverend tried to marry a Native American man and a one of the settlers, and it was a bloodbath. Mm. So it's a very like awful story. But I just love how 
passionate she gets. She's like, she was ready to stay there the whole day. She had Tom's Uggs on. Yeah. And she and, immediately And she had this dream out. of breaking the, breaking the record. You know, it's like she, for her own, I think, ego, for her own political career, it makes more sense to break the record for the most meetings. I'm sure you get on a plaque somewhere for that. My favorite line is her, not of the whole episode, but and, there's so many two lines. Yeah, you do get on a plaque. She's rushing out and Ron freaks out. He's like, where are you going? She goes, I have to go. They're going to alter a gazebo. It's just something like that. I'm ad-libbing a little, but <laughs> she's just so passionate. And so she she books it out of there with yeah. Bill Haggerty. Yeah. And Although Tom he, wants to take part he, in the case because- Bill Haggerty um, quickly disappears and then Leslie's yeah, on her he own. Doesn't, yeah. If you're expecting this to be a big Bill episode- Yeah, sorry. Hold on to your shoelaces because that's not going to be the case. But Tom wants to, to take point on it because Jessica Wicks is a beauty queen. Mm-hmm. And we know how Tom is with- the beauty pageant world, not great. Mm-hmm. But I will say, Mari's description of her feelings on Tom really has altered a little bit how I feel about some of his character. And I actually enjoyed the dynamic of him and Leslie. It reminds me of the stakeout dynamic between the two of them, which wasn't perfect, but it really feels like they've worked together for a while. They they enjoy each other in different ways. And I just like that Tom gets to come in and give her some advice at the end. Like, it feels like a real stakeout trajectory. Mm-hmm. Except this time, instead of being secret, they're, they're walking through the house. The Turnbill Mansion. That's just the kind of scene analysis you can expect from me. You know? Instead of being in a car this time, this time they're in they're a in house. They're in a car. Yeah. No, they're in a car for part of it. Here's why I think I mixed up gazebo. Is it inside? Is it outside? No one can make up their mind. The gazebo can't even make its own mind. That's the point of a gazebo. It's outside. I just... Ugh. it's It has all the great qualities of a porch without any of the baggage of a house. Gazebo. All right, that's my pitch. <laughs> so, while they're there, they're there, Ron... Back at the office, has to suddenly find a way to take care of. We're guessing, I guess, the remaining ninety-two meetings, um, mm-hmm. and it, it's impossible for him to do this by himself. He's no Leslie Nope, so he calls yeah, in. Yeah, he seemed to have done one, so he's like ninety-one. He calls in more yeah. Rons. Jerry, he says, Rons. "We need anyone with a pulse." And then Jerry pops in and he goes, "You can go home. Take the day off." A really fun thing about this episode is we not only do we get a lot of excellent extras. In very goofy situations, we get to kind of like see everyone's technique. So we get to see Ron like suffering. We get to see Andy having having fun and kind of missing the point, <laughs> like over promising everything. Um, and April kind of just like personality mirroring her way out of really out of really fun. And and Anne, who's like I don't even work here, who had come to bring coffee to Mark even though Leslie took one of the coffees, saying, I don't work here, but she just starts diagnosing. People keep showing her their bruises and scrapes. Yeah, and there's like a, a, lot of, a lot of skin conditions, which I understand. Yeah. I, I love I, April's yeah. in a meeting, and it's just like, one meeting she says she's Ron Swanson's daughter and that Ron is dead. Another one, she just mirrors this lady completely, like, oh, you should go like over their heads to city council. Good luck there. She's just great. 
But the other underlying story we get, besides Ron being mad at April, this is kind of an an April-centric B story because Andy has realized, as you remember in Summer Catalog, that she's 20. Mm -hmm. And so he's creating some distance in their flirtation uh, by calling her dude. And we get a great Andy monologue saying that (laughs) when he was in third grade, she would be in preschool. And he doesn't know anything about, she'd be a baby. He doesn't know anything about infant care. He could have killed her. And I love (laughs) that his analysis is so genuine. We get a future episode when she turns 21 of, he asked Tom if, if it's okay if they date and they do the whole half your age plus seven. And he says, if Tom thinks it's okay, it's probably not. I like just Andy is the opposite of Tom in this way. Just very purely trying to do the right thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. He makes it he makes it weird. He's making it weird on purpose with her because he's he's making it weird. So April's not enjoying her day. Her boss is mad at her. Her flirt buddy is not flirting with her and Anne is around. Yeah, she she took the job to be near Andy and now suddenly she's trapped in sort of this nightmare scenario of she's made this mistake. She feels bad. The person who usually makes her feel better is making her feel worse. Just well, the other person trapped in a nightmare is Leslie, who after arriving at the um the Turnbull Mansion, Nick Newport Sr., whose birthday it is, he is not the one in charge. It is very much, um, I almost said Brandy Max, a character we have not <laughs> met yet. It is very much uh, Jessica New uh, Jessica Newport? I think maybe she kept her last name, Jessica Wicks, right? Jessica Wicks, um, who has already made the alterations um, to everything except the gazebo. <laughs> A lot of, yeah. And two really excellent. Leslie Norp, how are you? <laughs> I love that line. Yeah, a lot of fun, like, status play here. Um, and whoever whoever was in charge of murals, I think, got an extra fun day by um, painting mm. two very funny nude portraits that are of Jessica Wicks and of uh, Nick Newport Sr. Yeah. Props got, to the props. You, props to props. You got to wonder. Do you think they painted truly nude portraits or do you think they painted pixels? Discuss amongst yourselves, listeners. <laughs> if I you're think alone, it's just an eggplant. Oh, oh. I think it's it's emojis and that's what eggplants everywhere. Are. All Egg right. Pl- for both. Yeah. I'll accept it. Um so yeah, she's like painted everything. <laughs> Um, you know, where I come from, what's done is done. That's a saying everywhere. But the one thing she hasn't been able to do is tear down the gazebo yet. She couldn't get the demolition team there till that day, which is very convenient for our plot because Leslie is determined to not change something um, too much. And as you remember, this connects to the cold open where she's worried about what will happen if Mark and Anne get married and what will change. So there's, like we said, there's below the surface and on above the surface. Mm -hmm. So Leslie decides in order to uh, stop the tearing down of the gazebo, she's going to chain herself to the fence, the the entry fence. Is this? But it's not well thought out because she thinks it's going to open in the middle. But even if it opened in the middle, I feel like it would rip her body apart. Yeah, I think the 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 dream is that most fences are built with a software that um that prevents body ripping. You know, I feel like a mo- no. a modern electrical engineer 
all of my electrical engineering friends yeah. from back in the day would know to put some kind of, you know, here's the amount of force it takes to rip a body apart. Let's stop just short of that in terms of the kind of torque. There's a term that we're working with for gate opening. Um, Damn. But she, uh, nonetheless, yeah. the, the gate does not open in the middle. It actually swings open. So as the demolition crew appears, she just swings open with the gate. I think that this is one of my earliest memories of Parks and Rec. I feel like an early memory I have of the show is watching Leslie swing on that gate. Because I don't think I started from the beginning like I did now with you on this podcast. <laughs> Yeah, so this was your first early memory <laughs> of of the show. Not in of you know, I remember no, yeah. of your life. You can't, you remember you remember seeing your mother thinking, I know that's my mom. Yeah. When do you remember Leslie on a gate? <laughs> a quick a quick one two finish. Um it's just a fun bit of physical comedy. Um It's great. Yeah. It's and then, gate. <laughs> it's, great. I feel gate. like I keep trying to say it. I feel like there was a draft of this episode where someone made like a gate gate joke. Like, ah, oh, it's gate gate. I guess this doesn't like a water gate, you know? You know, you just add the word mm-hmm. gate to a problem that someone has. I guess this doesn't fall into that category because I'm going to talk myself out of this bit because the reason I probably didn't make it into the final episode is because Leslie didn't really do anything wrong. Although she is called gate lady. <laughs> So probably gate um, lady gate could have been a thing. <laughs> what do you think? I think all I think all your gate puns um yeah. probably would have made the episode better. I think Shoot. you are clearly a TV writer because wow, I am blown away by your great <laughs> ideas. Um now, hold on to your hats, because we're going to yeah. check in with our B story Shoelaces, as Leslie hats. swings in the gate. Just keep it together. <laughs> keep it together. So, Ron has gathered everyone in his office. They only have 20 meetings left. Pretty um, good. Big dent. Pretty good. Um, and he really lets April have it in front of April, uh, in front of Anne and Andy. The two people I think April does not want to be yelled at in front of. Yeah, it's a real um, severing of a potential say, triangle. Yeah. Before Leslie chains herself to the gate, there are two things she does before she escalates it to that. She goes back and tries to talk to Ron to have him help her. And she follows him into the man's men's bathroom, where we see a great Councilman Hauser bit again, because she always <laughs> sees Councilman Hauser in the worst positions. Um and she goes, I saw your penis. It's just very funny, very quick, a little dirtier than Parks and Rec usually is. Um, but I say this having giant eggplants pixeled out. Um, but Ron says to whatever she tries to go. She's being honest. Yeah, she she tries to go to the Pawnee Journal. But unfortunately, uh, the Pawnee Sun. Wait, is it the Sun or the Journal? It's the Pawnee Journal. That Shauna. Yeah, but Shauna Mulway Tweep tells her Nick Newport owns the Newports own the Journal, which is why we need a separation of Sweetums and the press. What is that? Is that the fourth estate? Is that that idea of like having a uh, having a Vertical. press that is that is separate from systems of government? A free a free press. Anyway, I'm for it. <laughs> whatever it yeah, is. Yeah, we're for whatever the word is. <laughs> yeah, um, get Sweetums out of our 
out of our news stations. Because yeah, Zoinksbo. Because <laughs> Zoinksbo. Leslie keeps trying to pitch um, article uh, titles. And I love when Leslie talks to um, Shauna because it's always um, very intense. And she always tries to pitch article header headers. Um, mm-hmm. Because what, what I'm seeing her first, yeah, I, her first thing she says is <laughs> gazebo, more like gazoinksbo. She may be a former beauty queen, but today she's the king of destroying history. And then Shauna wants her to talk normally, and she still goes gazoinksbo. <laughs> um, she also tries to get Mark to help her, but Mark is off to dinner with Anne. And that's when she chains herself to the gate. I did not mean to cut right to she's on a gate. Um, so you know, she's on I, the gate. I think actually you describing it that way, though, does does capture the feeling of being on a gate. You know, I think when yeah. you're at the point when you're locked to a gate and you think, how did I get here? You know, it's you, like one of those when you start the movie on the cliff and it's like. That was my rewind sound. But this is not where the story starts. You're probably wondering how I got here. Yeah. But I think you you forget that. She's one of the things. Yeah. You ever been stuck anywhere, Hannah? I got locked inside my house once with my mom. We got locked upstairs in the attic. How? We closed the attic door and the doorknob fell off. (laughs) We couldn't get out. Oh, no. So we had to shout at people in the street below. Do you ever wonder if you died up there and everything after that was just a dream? Yeah, I would have had to die pretty quick. We weren't locked up there too long. It would have had to, I would have had to like really starve quickly. You know, like if mm-hmm. your body does whatever the opposite of hibernation is and <laughs> uses up all of its, all of its fats really quick. Um, um, so... But no, I, there's, there's a Leslie real... Leslie Nope doing this like, more makes me think of like... Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go, go for it. Sorry, no, I, I, I interrupted you. Well, I was just saying I could be a ghost. It's, I'm not, I never want to rule out the fact that I could in this moment be a ghost. So that's just something I, you should... Leslie's act is less about like if I've been stuck somewhere, but I used to be a child protester. Um, <laughs> I went to this like workman circle place where we learned about, you know, activism and protest mm. and her chaining herself to the gate reminds me of like, what protest? Oh, oof, this can tie into the world in a weird way. What well, what protesting in peaceful ways still can be? Mm-hmm. Um, like when I was in third grade, I led a protest against um Disney sweatshops, oh, and we yeah. wore t shirts with like Mickey Mouse crossed off, and we had this giant letter that we brought to the manager of like one of the Disney stores. Um, just some store in the mall, some like teen manager. We handed her this like anti sweatshop letter, and we were so passionate, and we sang like Yiddish protest songs, and we cared so much, and like no one around us did. And I and I guess and I know that sweatshops are a more intense issue than the gazebo being teared da- down. But this mm-hmm. is like the part of Leslie I relate to, which is just like being so passionate and being like, why does the world not care as much as I do? Yeah. No, that 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 feeling that feeling makes sense. And 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 it does feel like if you think it's such a big, you know, if the the reality of the gazebo getting torn, I can't say enough how big of a fan I am of gazebos. 
They're one of my favorite structures, not just because of this episode. Is that your dream item in a house? Because mine is to have two not, dishwashers and to never have to take in out a dishes. house. That's the thing, Hannah. It's outside of a house. It has all of the perks, none of the downfall. The real estate market right now for gazebos is incredible. You know, a millennial. We're not ruining gazebos. We could really, the gazebo, it's booming. <laughs> But, but keep yeah. Leslie on that gate for now because okay. Ron gets through all 93 of his meetings and April comes in and says he's, he has one more meeting. Now, she says this and, you you know, it's easy to forget there was never 94 meetings because she says, I'm your last meeting and it's that I quit and she leaves. Yeah. She's number 94. It's a really, uh, it's a powerful quit. It's a powerful quit, I think. Have you ever um, quit a job? Oh, I don't. Yeah, 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 yeah. I quit. I worked at a Mediterranean restaurant, and I quit over the phone. Um, What'd you say? It wasn't a. It wasn't really like a storm out quit. I don't. I don't. Usually, the places I've worked, even if it's been like a bad workplace, I don't. I usually don't want to make the person that I would quit in front of feel bad. Usually my beef is with like someone that I wouldn't get to quit. Right. In, right. Like in it's front not of. your it's not some manager's fault, but like yeah. the owner. Yeah. It's like I'm yeah. I could imagine you being a very polite quitter. Like I see you <laughs> quitting and being like, listen, I have something to say. And the person being like, oh no, and you being like, you're a great person in your heart. I just feel like this isn't the right fit for me right now. Like, I don't see you being a dramatic quitter. No, 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 no. But I'm a really um, impressive self-sabotager. So I think I could, you know, I think I could, I was going to say, I could get myself quit, but there's another word for that. And that has happened to me. (laughs) Oh, oh, yeah. Um, Yeah, what about you? When that happens... Well, the thing that came to mind, and I'm not sure why, is um, quitting a sorority that I had joined. I, after, you know, freshman year, everyone was doing this rush thing, and I was like, this doesn't seem like it's for me. But I rushed the sorority that had these walk-in showers, like the most incredible showers ever. And my dorm was so small and so dingy, and compared to this beautiful place, I was like, you know what? I just want to live in this place. But- with great showers comes <laughs> way too much horrible. responsibility, right? <laughs> comes horrible things. And sophomore year, I had I, freshman year, I was a little lost. But sophomore year, I got to be a part of all these student groups I wanted to be a part of. You yeah. know, I was a counselor for like a welcome week program, and I got to do like improv stuff. And so suddenly, I didn't. You know, I, I not suddenly. I really didn't need any. I didn't need to pay for friends. Well, sisters, is, right? I didn't need to pay for sisters. <laughs> um, if anyone's in a sorority, I'm sorry if this next. You might want to like a spoiler. Fast yeah. forward. Um, I think I don't. I didn't need to pay for sisters. Is a pull quote we can use though. I think we can use yeah. that somewhere else to promote anything. But they were <laughs> telling us how to rank women uh, for Rush, and I said this isn't for me, um, and I quit. But then I still lived in the house. And so I, th- th- there's some national rule. I couldn't live there anymore since I wasn't a sister. So it was like I had a dramatic quit and then I still lived with everybody. Um, these women did not like me for a while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> My 
my roommate though my roommate at the time god bless her she was so nice she was this like she was this really like uh sweet engineering girl uh she was like one of the few like female engineers she was also like gorgeous and like she was like no none of the boys in my classes can look at me she was very funny and like well she wasn't i don't know funny but she was so sweet and she really tried to like give me my space while I figured out where I was going to live on campus. She was also really nice to me before my improv audition because she totally didn't get it. And I was like freaking out. And so before I auditioned for improv, she like, we did some engineering problems so that I could remember that I can do improv because I can't do engineering. So I did something I couldn't do. Um, So nothing against like, yeah, yeah, she was really cool. Steph was great. Um, but yeah, that was my dramatic quit story that led to me stop. It's like if April quit and then was like, okay, I'm going to go back to my desk though and sleep. Well, it would be like if um, April quit in the next scene when she's home, when she was like, I quit yeah. and then had to go back upstairs to the home where she lives <laughs> with her family. Um, <laughs> yeah. So my quit story is not a well thought out one. Yeah. Um, but we have this next scene where... April's quit, and we both love this scene where Andy is shining Ron's shoes. And he's like, have you seen April? She usually comes by because he's playing it cool because she's young, but he's still, you know, in love with mm-hmm. her. Um, and Ron says what happens, and Andy's like, well, then I quit. And Ron's like, you don't work for me. <laughs> and he goes, and I never will, sir. And then he keeps shining his shoes, which is just so funny. It's, yeah. it really It's funny in a way that is hard or maybe impossible to write. But it's so funny on the screen, and maybe, maybe not great, not super easy to describe why it's funny. But it's just like a very. But if you're listening and you want to hire Will as a writer, he it's not impossible (laughs) to write. (laughs) I could try. I could do my best. I think uh, it's also. I mean, it's a great scene too. In speaking of the writing, and that we do have, which is such a relatable feeling, we have Andy give advice. To Ron, which is the advice that he needs to hear himself, right? Which yeah, is like which he's is you're saying, perfect for each yeah. other. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's another reminder that he really loves her. You know, like this mm-hmm. is once once he removes sort of like the constraints that he's putting on himself, the answer is obvious. It's like it's so yeah. clear that he wants to be with her. And even we'll see when feels, she turns yeah. 21 how obvious that is, you know, like how immediately he's like ready to pursue her. Um but so we've got let's go back to Leslie on the gate because she's been swinging in the wind for a while before yeah. we finish the B. I like that we've combined A and B today and we get to just come back to Leslie on a gate like the A story really freezes in an awkward position. Yeah. Well, the, maybe the metaphor for the episode is a gate. And so we're talking about the gate episode as if we ourselves were a gate. Merely swinging between A and B storylines. Take it home. Take it home. Take it home. Chained to the podcast ourselves, <laughs> waiting for a friend to rescue us from this metaphor. Killing it. You nailed it. You stuck the landing. You Turns out you didn't need a friend to cut you down. You had the pliers inside of you all along. Um, I thought I was a Leslie. Turned out <laughs> I was a gate the whole time. <laughs> But Leslie does need some help. So she, um, so, you know, the, the gazebo has been destroyed. She swings open and (laughs) it it leaves. And and apparently we don't see this, but all the party goers enter with her on the gate as well. Yeah. (laughs) 
It's which, the unspoken thing later. That's kind of that's like a thing that I imagine Horrible. is uh I imagine that's like at a lot of parties for like the one percent. I like I feel like people aren't surprised by a lady being chained to a gate. I feel like they're like, oh, it's another gate lady party at the Newports. Like I feel like she can't be the first lady to be chained to a gate at this mansion. Yeah, I agree. I think they're like, <sighs> I wonder what they're protesting now, gate lady. <laughs> um but Anne and Mark come and they 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 stop their dinner and Anne almost seems excited to have left the dinner. She's like, no worries. Call any time during dinner. Um, <clears throat> they cut her down. They uh, Anne, you know, says, do you want us to drive you home? Leslie's going to go with Tom. And this is the part of the Tom-Leslie dynamic I really like, mm. where Tom realizes, just like in the stakeout, he yeah. realized that she was not upset about the, the you know, community garden. Uh, again, he recognizes, like, this is a lot of reaction for a gazebo, even for Leslie Nope. And she admits that she's upset because Mark plans to marry Anne. And again, it's not because she's like, she doesn't say, oh, I wish I could be with Mark. She says, you know, when two single friends get married, two single friends die. What is the quote? It's like- It's every time a couple gets married, two single people die. <laughs> it's really funny. <laughs> And kind of an angel gets its wings. She's losing kind of. her friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which she's is. She's like worried about yeah. losing friends, which I feel like is a much more Leslie Nope grounded reason. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Sorry. <laughs> I don't think your little plan is going to work, Anna. I, but what if I go like this? No, the, the crunches are. This is the could, last piece. It could be a sound effect for. <laughs> An ad for a seaweed snack. Like, it seems like the final frame of a commercial for a seaweed snack is like a picture of like a very cute sea turtle and that sound of you taking that bite. <laughs> it's too crisp and I won't stand That's for it. <laughs> very funny. Um, and I will stand for it. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah. So. Tom, similar to the stakeout, is the one that gives her the advice she needs to hear, just like Andy gave it to Ron, and says, that's silly. They came and cut you down from a gate in the middle of your date. Mm. You're over, you're, you're, you're wrong about this. And Leslie decides the only thing to do is to go apologize to Jessica Wicks. So she enters the party. <laughs> goes yeah. on stage. And grabs a drink, makes a give, toast to Anne and Mark. What, yeah, what apology is complete without a public toast that isn't actually an apology to the person whose no. party interrupted? Um, but but you kind of it. feel like this yeah. party deserves this interruption. Yeah. Well, it's also like the apology <clears throat> isn't to Jessica, but also the party that Jessica threw isn't for Nick Newport. Like she's singing over a harp. Like she's. Yeah, you know, and Nick Newport himself is a little. He's a little out racist. of it. Racist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's a little. He has not, not a so great line to Tom to highlight for the purpose to highlight mm -hmm. his own racism. Um, yeah. Yeah, but I hold your hats again. I I, I almost said hold your butts because we're we're going back to B <laughs> story. Uh, I will say one last funny thing about the A story is Leslie asks if she can um, grab a slice of cake on the way out. <laughs> Which is, yeah. But 
Which is relatable. Yeah. And the sign <clears throat> of a really good party is that you can yeah. grab a piece of cake. And this is not that party. But back to B, Ron realizes that it's time he, that April is worth fighting for. That he's not going to get another, another assistant who is so good at being bad at her job for him. Um, and I think there's also warmth. <clears throat> the beginning of, of a real human connection there. So he goes over to the Ludgates and boy, are they nice. They're uh, very cheerful. Mm-hmm. Except for April's sister. Yeah. April's but, sister is April on even heightened. <laughs> you remember how we told you to double, triple your expectations for Abby? Yeah. Will's do, partner? Well, do double, op- triple. Do April. the opposite yeah. and dial down. Yeah. April. <laughs> it was very. They say they're going to go get Zuzu, April's nickname at home. And April is very hesitant to come back to work, but then immediately says she will after Ron says Andy convinced him to come. Basically, April realizes it is not over with her and Andy. No. In fact, I might even say it's just beginning. Dun, 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 dun. (laughs) And I love the power play at the end where Ron calls uh, April by her nickname Zuzu and April calls Ron Duke Silver. She's known since the first day they met. Her mom has all the CDs. She would never tell anyone, which I think just re- reconfirms that she is perfect for him. Yeah. Like she knowingly never mentioned the secret of his. Yeah. Tom mentions Have we seen it Duke almost yet? immediately. Yeah. Oh, yes. Remember. I remember. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Tom immediately yeah. what? Tom didn't tell anybody. No, but I think he immediately tries to blackmail. Yes. Yeah. But April's chill about it. She's freaking chill. And she's so chill in the last scene when... I guess what what turned out to be would have been the 93rd appointment because it was canceled. Mm. Um, The true 94th appointment when he finally shows up and she schedules him for June 50th or 265 later that day or March Timber 1. Do you think she he was the 94th or he was the 93rd and they only did 92? I think. Okay, so here's how the math lines up for me. I think they did 92. I think they counted him not showing up as a meeting, even though he mm. didn't show up for that time. Because um, I think it was just like over the course of the day. So there was the expectation he didn't show up. Meaning right. April's quitting was technically the 93rd in-person meeting, making him the true 94th. This is the kind of math you can only get at Pawnee Public Radio. Yeah. No, no other recap show would bother. <laughs> <laughs> no cap show would care but this is like leslie with her gazebo we care about the math there's a lot here there's a lot of good stuff here um we have the really nice tom leslie dynamic which i feel like yes he's got some weird lines like he was supposed to marry Anne, or he wants to watch Anne and jessica wicks marry or him with jessica but i think for the most part he says things this episode to make leslie laugh and i think he balances her out nicely I really like their dynamic. Um, I really love, I love Ron and uh, April. I think that throughout the series, they're really fun. I think we get our, uh, we get, we also get a mirroring. We get uh, Anne bringing Mark coffee and we have April bringing Andy coffee to, I feel like Andy and um, April have really mirrored uh, Anne and Mark throughout 
the mm. episodes. I'm mm. noticing that they really, it's always the two of them as one falls in love and one kind of staggers. Yeah, we kind of get two different courtships. Yeah. 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 No, I think that's right. Um, well, you know what we think about the episode. Should we hear what other people think about everything else and go to our town halls? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, remember, if you want to reach us at town hall, go to speakpipe.com slash Pawnee Public Radio. Tweet at us at Radio Pawnee. Email us townhall at pawneepublicradio.com. Once we get through these town halls, we will announce our raffle winner who will get to come on the show as an expert segment. Let's start these voicemails. Starting with number 143. We're so close to 200. S question mark O'Connor. She may not have meant to do the question mark. Hey guys, it's O'Connor here. And apologies, but um, I didn't get a chance to send in a voicemail before you recorded season two, episode 20. Uh, but also as of now, I haven't heard season two, episode 20. So if you have asked me further questions in that episode, I do apologize and I will address them as soon as possible. Um, I think you had two questions for me in season two, episode 19. The first being, is my name Steph? No, it's Sophie. But close, an S and a PH, that's close. Um, and the second question was... You asked me to provide some details on the history of the Connor Keith backstory um, in my usual vein of just providing answers with um, supreme confidence. So I understand that the history of the Connor Keith frenemy situation is that when they were both seven years old, they uh, went with their mothers to the kennel uh, to pick out a dog. And they both wanted the same dog, which was a gorgeous little um, cocker spaniel Cocker Spaniel Poodle Cross. Is that a thing? Sure. Um, and uh, yeah, they both wanted this dog. Their mum said, well, since you both wanted, neither of you can have it. And since then, neither of them has let that go. They've remained friends, but also neither of them has let it go. Okay, I'm running out of time. Bye. First of all, uh, Cockapoo, very valid dog. <laughs> very valid dog. <laughs> it's a dog who is valid. Uh, my puppy Pache, 18. So it makes sense that they would get in a fight over the cockapoo. Because very good. Very, very good. Very pooch. valid. A valid, a valid thing to fight about. Yeah. And thank you. I mean, thanks for the info. And I think just because, you know, your first reading was on our podcast doesn't mean that you shouldn't submit that to like a flash fiction contest or something. I think it's got legs. Yeah. I mean, um, I think that Connor and Keith told a different story, but I think I should believe you. Yeah. And I and I think um, I think if we keep if we keep recording these things before the podcast is even released, that's on us. And I think you're very within your rights to send in uh to send I never in a town hall about anything. Yeah. S. O'Connor. Uh, <laughs> I have to apologize for calling you Steph. I realize I know a Steph Connor. O'Connor. That's why I called you Steph. Yeah. She's great too. She's great too. First and yeah. last naming it per usual. But you're Sophie O'Connor, not Steph O'Connor. Sophie, so, thank you. That mistake <laughs> won't happen again. <laughs> yeah. Steph K. O'Connor went to school with me and Will. Yeah. Big fan. Sophie, thank you so much for calling in. 
We always want to hear from our O'Connor Club. We'll keep asking you questions. Will, what is your question for Sophie this week? Oh, um, Connor. A, you know, a general, a general, like what's you know, what's up? Like kind of a what's up? Yeah, yeah. just a general, so like what's up? Please answer. What's up? Um, our next voicemail is from Townsperson number one forty four. Hello. I noticed that it's very cold outside and I'm not able to use many of the park facilities. And I'm wondering if you at the parks department can please help me and fix the cold outside so that I can continue using the park facilities. I do not understand why the park facilities must be closed when it's so cold. I mean, it's barely raining and snowing as it is. Please, can we open it up? This is a great, this is a great question. Perfect for 94 meetings, too. Yeah. And... Think we encourage encourage LARPing. For those not in the know, that is live action role playing, and our speak pipes are always open to to bits or or to real people who are just cold. And I'm sorry if I'm sorry if you're just cold and you're trying to work on that. I will say I know I talked a lot about gazebos, but uh, one downside is they do get chilly, um, and unfortunately, due to the Pawnee Historical Society putting walls. In the gazebo would turn that into a tiny round house, and that we simply can't have. So, unfortunately, so we'll fix the weather instead. We are on that. Thank yeah. you so much for your concern, <laughs> townsperson. We hope to see you at the next town hall as well. Our next voicemail is from anonymous number one forty-five. Hey, Hannah, well, this is me, Connor R, calling in from Washington today. Um, I just wanted to call in and tell you why 94 Meetings is one of my favorite episodes, and I think it's just the sheer amount of chaos. <laughs> I I can't think of an episode with more chaos than this one. Um, so, you know, as, as a fan of chaos, I love this episode. I don't really have a question, but, you know, chaos is the best. Thanks. Love you. Bye. We gotta start calling you Chaos Connor. <laughs> That joke didn't. That joke landed. <laughs> yeah, manifested. Um, yeah, think- Connor had tweeted at us all caps. <laughs> I love this episode, and he gave our word his word that he would call in. So I'm glad he did. He loves chaos. Anonymous. I mean, historically loves chaos. We haven't anonymous, talked about. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I also think this episode is very hectic, but nothing to me beats Anne running in with a guy's number for Leslie with. With blood in her hand. (laughs) I still think that is, you know, I think that chaotic moment hasn't been topped yet. But thank you for letting us know why you love um, this episode. And we'll try not to be concerned about the reason. Yeah. Uh, Please call in again. Our next uh, voicemail is from Anonymous 146. Hey, Hannah. Hey, Will. Love last week's podcast with your guest star, Mari. I'm so happy that Hannah's still friends with her teammate from Deal or No Deal. Um, it was a fun new year way to start the New Year's. I can't wait to find out who won the raffle today. Don't worry, I didn't submit anything. Uh, I really like today's uh, episode because I really like April, and this was by far her best episode. I mean, she just was so great in every way. Um, I especially like the fact that she's known all along that uh, Ron is Don Silver. 
um, and never mentioned it or even insinuated anything at work. Um, she's, she's just such a great character. And we're almost done with Mark Brandonowitz. Um, so I'm just can't wait to hear your thoughts. That's it. That's the mom. Mom, I'm <laughs> sad my mom didn't submit for the raffle. We should just offer her an expert segment regardless. Um, I love presence. April in this too. I love when April's pretending to be different characters while taking the meetings. And I feel like the fact that she didn't tell anyone that Ron was Duke Silver or Don Silver or whoever he is, is <laughs> very significant. I feel like she knows and listens more than she lets on. Yeah. Yeah. I. I think your mom has a good gut instinct about people, and she's right about she's right about Remember April. Remember when in the stakeout though, she <laughs> thought it was, uh, or no, in the uh, scandal episode, she thought April leaked the photos to the press. My mom <laughs> is focused on you, April, and yeah. she's coming for you. She's coming around. She's paying um, attention. I love this. I also just I love the Ron April dynamic. I think they they're two characters that don't really show. That don't really say that they care about people, but they mm -hmm. show it. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're, I mean, this was kind of an episode that reminded us that they have, that only having this job together would they ever realize that they have kind of so way more in common, common than, they, yeah. than they would ever have known. <laughs> they're very similar. Um, on that note, we'll keep tracking it. Mom, keep calling in. We have our last voicemail of the day, number 147, Anonymous. Hey, Hannah and Will, Sports Guy Dad here, right up against the wire. Good for both of you, that's in time. Good for you and Mari and uh, Will all picking uh, Alabama, who's playing Ohio State, on Monday night, which will be last night. All your listeners who are as big as sports fans as you are will probably know that. Uh, this is episode 21 of season two. Uh, so who was your favorite sp sports figure who wore the number 21? And while we're at it with 94 meetings that April scheduled for Ron, uh, who was your favorite sports figure that wore the number 94? Have a great podcast. So let's do this first without Googling. So I think uh, Cool Kid Johnny Rocket is probably my favorite that ever wore 21. Mm. He was... Uh, uh, a soccer player, and when he kicked the ball, 21 Rockets would go off because he would always make a goal. I'll do uh, uh, 21, uh, Mia Hamm, no question. 94, uh, uh, Channing Tatum, whenever he plays sports. <laughs> now, with some Googling, I would say... I don't know. <laughs> you know, who are these people? There's the a people lot we of love. people. I'm halfway through the last it says dance. Roberto and Clemente. I... That sounds familiar. Oh, yeah. Well, sure, yeah. I'll put him on my list. I'm halfway through the last the dance, Red and I'm, I'm starting wait, to... He says he's a Pirates right fielder, but I feel like Roberto okay. Clemente playing on the Red Sox. I go for Red a Pirate. Red Sox. Hearing, hearing these numbers and thinking about Maybe the people who didn't. could wear them does get me interested in sports. 
So oh, your dad's he playing has an a slow award. Working. Roberto Clemente was a Go Puerto <laughs> Rican professional baseball right fielder who played 18 seasons in Major League for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Well, he was lot. inducted into the National Baseball Hall of Fame in 1973, becoming the work. first Latin American and Caribbean player enshrined. That is a great. That's, that's I feel like that's perfect. And then we had 40. Four 94. meetings, 45 meetings, 95 meetings, 94 90. meetings. <laughs> All what good episode? numbers. Yeah, don't play any. Who wears the number 94? Not playing favorites. Oh, but there's a, you know, there's a bleacher report. The best player to ever wear each number. This is number one, number two. They go through all the numbers. Um, let's see who they have for 21 and 94. Okay, for 21, they have Roberto Clemente. We just learned about him. That's he seems great. And then for 94, they have, drum roll please, mm-hmm. Charles Haley of the NFL. Oh, Haley's Comet. He was a five no Super Bowl championship teams, winning two with the San Francisco 49ers and three with the Dallas Cowboys. 13-year career as a defensive end, was named the Pro Bowl five times, tallying 100.5 sacks. How do you get a .5 sack? Isn't sacking when you tackle the the quarterback? How do you half tackle the quarterback? I don't get that. Twice all pro honors, uh, (laughs) college football hall of fame, Dallas Cowboys ring of honor. How do you half sack someone? Um, I think I think there's like a a appendage has to bend and or break in a way that we shouldn't go into on air. Yeah, yeah. You're sounding Um, more and more like Sports Guy Dad every day, Hannah. That was incredible. Thank you so much, Dad, for calling in. Um, I would say the email from Sarah Noir. Hold your hat again, Sarah, because we will get to your email. But it is about the master plan. So let's hold on to it till we get there. Yeah, we're excited. Uh, In terms of tweets, uh, we did have uh, Allison, uh, Sarah tweeted at us uh, that Venezuela expressed concern about the uh, the the raid on the the capital. And it reminded her of the Venezuelan episode. And she, on at Radio Pawnee, she included the letter that they wrote. Um, so go check that out, at Radio Pawnee. But I think it's time. Now, before we, before we announce the raffle winner, I want to say thank you to everyone who submitted reviews. We can't wait to submit your names again for future raffles or some fun thing. We're very honored that so many of you wrote reviews, got your friends to subscribe. That's the only way we can keep this podcast chugging. The listeners are great. I talk to you, the listener, a ton. And so a huge thank you to everyone who um, submitted. Yeah. Wouldn't you say? I, I'll second your huge thank you. Yeah. I, I um, mentioned but, this before, uh, but it was so fun to um, writing an email is a scary thing. And uh, it was so nice to read everyone's everyone's email and the reviews are just so nice. So thank you for being so nice to us. You don't have to. And we appreciate it. (laughs) Yeah, honestly, it's great. We love you right back. Um, I entered all the names into a random name generator and one name came up randomly generated. We'll talk about how it's not as random as (laughs) as you might think. The winner of the raffle, soon to be an expert segment, will will reach out to you with details. Uh, drum roll sound effect, please. Thank you. Steph, Steph Fowler. 
Fallon. Steph submitted 11 different reviews from friends and family, including her own. So her name, similar to Jerry, being in the bird, uh, the hummingbird raffle again and again, her name was in there quite a bit. So Steph, a well-deserved raffle win. If anyone can deserve a randomly selected win, it is you. We can't wait to talk to you. We'll email you about what you want to come on. Uh, which episode maybe you really like, what you want to do for your expert segment. We can't wait to talk to you. We're so excited. Thank you again. Please keep submitting reviews and sending them to us so that we can compile these names again for future things. But Steph, not Steph O'Connor, who's actually Sophie O'Connor. We're talking about (laughs) Steph Fallon. Thank you to all who emailed us and uh, Twitter messaged us. We're just thrilled with the response. Um, So on that note, Will, we're at the end of the podcast. If they liked it, should they hashtag gazoinks? Gazoinko? Wait, what what is the word? (laughs) Isn't it uh, gazoinksbo, right? If you liked it, please- Which is my paraphrase, yeah. Yeah. If you loved this podcast, or even if you just felt okay about it, please hashtag gazoinksbo. Let's read uh, one new five-star review from Melcheran. Do you want to read the title and I'll read the body? Will one-two punch it? Oh, yeah. Melcheran says, this is truly a five-star review. Honestly, if you don't stay for the pleasant banter between hosts Hannah and Will, at least stay for sports dad's commentary at the end. It's a treat. Thank you for writing in and thank you for uh, shouting out the best part of the podcast, my parents. Um, <laughs> hashtag Gazoinksbo. We are so thankful for everyone who's listening. And we wish that you have a safe and um, joy filled week. Yeah. Take a break if you can. Treat yourself, as I always say. <laughs> Good night. <laughs>